Hello and welcome to Chasing. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we're gonna have to edit that out. And welcome to Chasing the Hug, the podcast series where we talk about everything always, and we're talking in circles. We talk about pro wrestling, pop culture, uh, sports, hype, entertainment, just anything that we want to talk about. I'm Nick Johnson, and I'm here with the immaculate Steve Sackasitz. Nick, how are you today? Man, I feel so good being in your presence right now, dude. It's just amazing to be around you. It's it's always good to see you every single day that I do. It's just even better to see you in podcast form. Mm, yes, I, I have a face that needs to be listened to. Anybody else here with us today? Anybody else? Anybody uh, else this, located here? There's an individual located to my left, your right, mm -hmm. and he is the producer, Jason. Producer Jason, here we go. Clap, 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 clap. Applause. <sighs> you know, producer Jason is kind of catching a following. Really? He's got a fan base. There's okay. a lot of people calling in, as you know, and writing about him. And uh, Not true at all. Uh, they feel like we give him a hard time. I know you're saying not true, but there's been... Have you seen anything from any comments from any people? There's been told that we were supposed to be getting people to get comments. We haven't seen anything on that part, Nick. I really would love to know if it actually does. Jason, just give me a, a thumbs up, thumbs down. Is Are there comments? That's a sideways thumb. sideways thumb. Okay. Does he do his job? Uh, he, he just, I don't know That's if he, he actually knows how to check to see if there's comments. Yeah. So we're lucky this thing gets out each week. It gets out at, uh, is it 12.01? Is that when it's supposed to get out there, Jason? No. 12.01 Denmark. 6 a.m.? Yeah. Well, and by the way, welcome to our Denmark followers. Hey, Denmark followers, we yeah. love you. We know we've got a, the German contingency. Germans! Ah, Tag, wie geht es Ihnen? Was machst du jetzt heute? I love... The German. What else do you love? Tell me what else do you love there, Nick. I love chasing the hug. I love being on the show, and I love you. But I also love dad jokes. And so I got to tell you real quick, I got a dad joke for you. Okay. What do a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? No idea. <laughs> They're both parasites. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Speaking of things that I love, Steve, that's a great transition. Man, you know, I love comic books. Do you like comic books? <laughs> Nerd. I knew you were going to say that, man. Uh, I just, I've always been into them since I was little. I, I've read a lot. I, I didn't really start collecting until I was like in fifth grade. Uh, and I have a small collection now because I've uh, either read through too many or got rid of them. But they've had a significant impact on my life. And we think they have a significant impact on pop culture. Uh, look at today's landscape and cinema specifically. Comic book movies are now a thing. Very much so. I mean, that's a thing. People are lining up in droves. They're staying out all night, sleeping out in tents on outside of theaters to see films about superheroes, modern mythology. You know, the there's four of the top 10 highest grossing films of all time are comic book movies. Absolutely. Can you name the four? Uh, I would say I'm going to guess here because I didn't do my research on this, but I'm going to say uh, Avengers Infinity War. That is number five. That's in the top five. Mm -hmm. Avengers Endgame. Two. Number two. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home? No Way Home. No Way Home. Six. Is six. So what are the top four? And then you forgot one more. There's the there's one more. There's the one more. The original Avengers. There's number nine. All time. Highest grossing film. Wow. Yeah. Number one is Avatar. Uh, so Avatar and Endgame is your 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 one two on that part of it. But it, it you are absolutely right. It is um and, and you I kind of joke there about the idea of liking comics. I think I like comics more now because of the idea of how it's used and portrayed in films. Um and it, it a lot has to do with the casting as well, too. So you have to have a solid cast that's gonna portray these characters. Uh, I know we'll talk a little bit more about that part of it, but I, I do think that <clears throat> when you look to go into uh 
uh, going to a theater, having kind of the escape that you're looking to have there. I, I think, um, you know, uh, the comic book uh, movie scene right now is something that is big bucks, man. Big, big bucks. Lots of money going into it. Lots of money coming out of it. How did this happen? How did this become a thing? How were comic book movies, you know, when you're little, I mean, I used to get picked on a little bit, made fun of for liking that stuff, or people call it, you know, baby stuff, funny books. But how did it get over? Like, how did it become a thing? Well, I can tell you this right now. Hollywood is very scared. Hollywood is very scared in the fact that they do not want to lose money on anything, especially with the way theaters are going. It looks like we're getting a little bit back and people are going to the theaters and doing those types of things. But Hollywood has to have movies that they know are going to bring in money. They can't take a chance on a director or a film that they don't know either one of them. They don't know if the, the story is going to be something that people are going to be attracted to. They don't know if the director is going to be something that you know people are going to want to see. In this scenario, they know that they've got a, a cash cow in the idea of going either, you know, if you go Marvel, you go DC. People will go see it. In fact, actually, you saw right now Black Adam that came out this past weekend. Black Adam was the highest grossing uh, John Cena, the rock movie of all time that he yeah. had in his opening weekend. So it just makes it money hand over fist. But right now, that's what Hollywood wants. Hollywood wants to make sure they're going to put something out there that they will not lose money on. Yeah, I think you're right. And a big part of this, too, has to be that people my age are in charge. They're executives now. They're making decisions, longtime comic book fans, and they're getting to be in the table, having seats at the table on who's in these movies and what they are. Ten-year-old me would be very happy in this distant future. What's the best comic book movie scene of all time? Um, that's a good question. Um, for me, I really like... Uh, I, I'm, I would say I like, I like DC better than Marvel. However, I like Marvel's portrayal of their comics better in movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so it would have to be something on the Marvel side of things. Yeah, I think the scene in Endgame where I'm sitting in the theater crying because all I've ever wanted is every hero I've ever loved in a movie together doing something. It was yeah, I just, I just, that one, uh, great movie. I just, when you know that you have characters that aren't coming back anymore, it's really hard, especially I think they did it. They kind of uh, jumped the shark a little bit too early on that yeah. process. Cause right now they're putting a lot of hope in some of the new characters are going to have that are going to do yeah. well for them. I, I really would have liked them to kind of stick with them. Yeah. It's going to be different without, it was hard without the fantastic four, the X-Men silver surfer, things like that. So that's another podcast. We'll talk about who's missing, what movies are missing. So good thing. Now, you mentioned Black Adam, and I enjoyed that film. And you mentioned it's Dwayne Johnson's highest grossing film. What did we say? $67 million? Highest more? opening weekend for highest Dwayne opening, Johnson film. Yeah, it may be even higher than $67 million, uh, to open. What would you think of that movie? We saw it together. We enjoyed it. What would you think? Um, it's a movie, and um, you know things got blown up, and people got hurt. And you know at the end of the day, uh, what was perceived to be good uh, um Came out on top. Yeah. What I will tell you is, in my opinion, I don't want to. I don't want to make, knock the movie down for you. I've told you this before. I think the movie was miscast. I think they did a great job of getting the Rock. Uh, I think that that's that's your cash cow. That's the person that's going to draw people to theater. But then I feel like they saved money. Pierce Brosnan, I thought was great. Yep. I thought he was really good yep. in it. Um, you know, getting him back in the fold to have him do more movies. I'm really excited about that part of it. But you know, there was uh, the comic relief characters that they tried to portray in this movie here. You had one which was Adam Smasher. Yes. You had uh, the son uh, of the woman in. The movie and then you also had the comic relief of um kind of the the lackey uh, yeah. of the group there um i can't really tell you who would i want to play the lackey or the son but i can tell you who how they should have done the adam smasher character and uh, you have an idea what i think i'm gonna go with here i think i know where you're going okay run with it if if you can just continue to put movies out there that involve the rock and kevin hart would yeah. be phenomenal and <laughs> any movie of which you're gonna have kevin hart actually be able to grow larger kevin hart would lose his mind and as you as a as a as a viewer of this movie 
movie know that Kevin Hart knows he's short, and the idea that he gets bigger, and he's not only bigger, he's bigger than The Rock, yeah. that would have been the way the movie could have been done correctly. And honestly, that would have almost had a better, uh, and almost a Guardians of the Galaxy feel to it, right. because that movie's very funny. Um, I don't care what you think about Thor, Love and Thunder, I thought it was great, and I think you could also have the same exact way they portrayed the characters there. I just think sometimes DC forgets what it is. They're like, oh, we're really going to be funny now, but we're going to yeah. write these lines here that aren't funny, and oh, we're going to be super serious here because we're dark and we're DC. I just don't think of their mind straight. But if you had Kevin Hart in that movie in The Rock, uh, it would have been phenomenal. <laughs> the image of him jumping out of the plane. Oh, no, no I don't think I'm going to land. Oh, no. And he grows real big. <laughs> that would be amazing. And uh, you're really onto something. I don't know why you don't do this, but you mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, that was directed by James Gunn, who also directed DC's Suicide Squad. Or the, I think it's The Suicide Squad is mm-hmm. the name of the film. Producer Jason's nodding and throwing up special gestures. Thanks for that. Okay, so what's this news about James Gunn taking over the DC Entertainment Universe, the DCEU? This is something that just came out. I think it's him and Peter Safran as a producer are uh, uh, going to be in the top spots, the Kevin Feige spots, if you will, of, uh, of this series of what's happening with the DC Entertainment Universe. What is that going to mean for the future? What Does that give you hope? Does that give you excitement? I mean, it, it can't be worse than what it's been in most cases. In fact, actually, going back to Black Adam, I did put on here that it did remind me of the Suicide Squad, but mm-hmm. the 2016 version, the David yeah. Ayer's version of that one. Um, you know, when I look at the DCEU and you look at with, you know, James Gunn taking over, you, you've got some quality there because Wonder Woman yeah, was quality. You know, she was, it was a great, the first, first one, not yeah. Wonder Woman 1984. Great that film. was not very good. Uh, Man of Steel was pretty good. I love okay, it. So if I had to rank it right now, it would be going uh, Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, and then all the others are just movies. Um, and, and I told you this the other day with that. I, I, you know, I think the writing can be better on that. And the writing has been done because the writing is in the comics. And so you yeah. need to go to the direct source, I think, to better write these movies and make the movies the way they need to be. But with James Gunn, I don't think you can go wrong. I think they have to do something. Um, you're a little more in-depth and in-tune to what's going on there. I just know that what he's put out there has been solid on that part of it. And honestly, the Suicide Squad 2021, 2020 was the year that came out. Yeah. When that one came out there, it was absolutely better than the other one. It had a little bit more life to it, a little more characters. Um, even the characters that were you know, kind of smaller characters in the DCEU, they did a good job of kind of portraying them as, as um, you know, uh, smaller parts, but a good job with that. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's some really neat things that are going to happen here. I liked Aquaman. I thought that was good, but I, I agree what you're saying when you say just a movie, big on special effects, big on visualization, looking like a comic book, but maybe not having the same uh, story process or characterization that a comic book has that has drawn fans like me in for years. It's going to be interesting to see where they go from now. Cause you touched on something. You talk about the MCU is a certain way and it has its cult following. It has its own uh, atmosphere. It has its own uh, put together storylines and tying in the loose threads of the DCEU, without Snyder cuts going left and right, air quotes as I use with Snyder cuts, left and right is going to be something. Does Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam, as Teth Adam, tie it together? Is this movie a seminal watershed moment for the DCEU to get over the hump? No. (laughs) No, I I do think it's a great actor to have within the family, but I don't think this film right here does it. Another film they could do, especially when they have a... A vision of somebody, you know, envisioning. Because I think each movie is its own standalone movie yeah. right now. I think if you can have someone envisioning what they want this to be and how it's supposed to look, kind of like what Kevin Feige does with the Marvel side of things, I think that could be a very big key to. 
Dwayne Johnson and playing the um, Black Adam character that I think can go along. I do think it's a character to know that right now they will make a lot of money on the marketing of this movie, but also on the toy side of things for the figures for the, the kids to buy. So you're telling me I was wrong for turning down that role. That's good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, I have a question for you. What did we do last Tuesday? Oh, we did the greatest thing ever, baby. We did. We went to a live pro wrestling event. Producer Jason, give me a thumbs up, a thumbs down. Have you ever been to a pro wrestling event? Thumbs down. He's not been there before. And that honestly is why we're going to be talking to you about this right here. Uh, uh, Nick and I had a chance last week. Last Tuesday, it was a um, unscheduled, I wouldn't say unscheduled. It was a uh, out of schedule uh, AEW Dynamite. Usually it's on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. Uh, it actually had been moved to Tuesday because they had been preempted uh, for, I believe, the NBA yeah. that started up there. And they got preempted on the Wednesday. So they went Tuesday. It was actually in uh, in our in our back, back door here. It was over in Cincinnati. You had a chance to go over to see that there at the uh, Heritage Bank Center. I didn't know what that was called. And you be called U.S. Bank. They changed yes. to Heritage Bank. Same location, just new owner of the building. And, um, you know, you and I had a good chance to go down there. We got down there early a little bit. We went and uh, had some food, hung yeah. out, made some recruiting calls, um, you know, met some friends while we were down there. You know, Nick, um, how many times have we gone to AEW live events? I think we've gone five times. Where has those locations been? Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Cincinnati. Yep. And we may go again in Indianapolis. We are on November 30th when oh, it comes back. Yeah. And what, I mean, you've been to WWE events before. Yeah. I've been there before. You know, producer Jason is just over here looking like you don't know what's going on. Do For I the fans out on? there, talk about the difference of what you might see at a WWE live event. Let's just say a live TV event yep. compared to an AEW Dynamite. Oh, it's just a whole di different atmosphere, in my opinion. The ambiance is completely different. The energy of the crowd is different. I mean... If you're a WWE fan, they tend to skew a little younger. Uh, there's a, a wider range. There's some older, but there's a lot of younger. More. There's a lot of wider range at any wrestling event you're going to go to. <laughs> they don't make them chairs wide enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, so when you're there at a WWE event, you kind of know the flow and structure. Uh, the surprise is going to happen at the halfway point and at the end. And uh, particularly at the end, if they want to advance a storyline based on the timing of pay-per-views. And, and for fans like you and I who really love the art of it sometimes it can get a little stale because they have this kind of uh handful of moves that they use to be safe and everybody learns and trains in aew is a little bit more unpredictable a little bit more electric uh there's more interaction with the crowd there's more intensity around ringside uh stuff spilled out right into our own lap like it was right beside us you know to see soraya and Britt baker uh just kind of going at it and, and running down the aisle way that was fantastic um things feel closer uh they do a few more other aesthetics such as miking the ring. I know a lot of uh, promotions do that, but the way they do it, chops hit a little harder. Uh, bumps and thumps are a little bit more. But the energy is electric. It's contagious. The fans are really great fans. We, we get into everything. We chant all the, the songs. People are marking out for every single entrance. Uh, it's just awesome. It's a different feel. It is. And I think the WWE, when they go out there, they are looking to make as much money off of the the parents that are taking the kids there yes. as possible. So you can buy anything and everything for pro wrestling there at a WWE event. What I will say, and you said this about the experience going to AEW. To me, AEW is like going to a football tailgate. Yes. It is uh, that exact same. So if you haven't gone there, I do suggest go try to see AEW live. It is literally like a football tailgate where it's it's almost like we're all rooting for the same team. And yeah. I will tell you that that's something that is totally different than WWE. It's rooting for the individual wrestler. Uh, WCW is the same way. It's yeah. only since we saw ECW right. back in the day that yeah. 
people took to the organization because we felt like we were being um, shot down with a little brother on that side of yeah. things. And I think the people that go to an AEW event see it as this is our company. We are part of this. And I do a great job. Tony Khan, the owner of it, every single time will come out and stomp his feet and say, are you ready for a great show? <laughs> and he comes out and he does that. It hypes the crowd up there. Sounds just like but it, that's exactly what he tries to do. And he's I think he's a great owner of yeah. AEW. He's a great owner or, or part owner of the Jacksonville Jaguar yeah. Wars and the Fulham FC team as well. Yeah. Anybody who's fans of those teams know that they're doing they will do anything they can to try to make those organizations successful. It's our jobs as fans to root for that, but the experience you get there with just the camaraderie you have with the people around you, it, it is something you do not see at any other really a wrestling event, but only since I've seen it when you're at a football tailgate with the right. same team, all rooting for the same team, you're all kind of excited about what's going on there. Yeah, you you nailed it. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the card and some of the matches. I thought all the matches were excellent. They were great. I love seeing the Lucha Brothers. We had a really special main event because John Moxley is a hometown hero out of Cincinnati, uh, formerly known as Dean Ambrose in WWE, and he had a nice championship match running with uh, Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, but something happened at the end. Yep, yep. There was. A, that's what's tough about the business we watch and business we love is is people can get hurt, and it's it's though it might be predetermined uh, what they do and what they do to their bodies is real. And uh, Hangman Adam Page took a clothesline lariat uh, from John Moxley, and it was um, I don't know if it was from the clothesline or from the rotation onto his head what ended up happening but he was knocked out they actually had to stop the match this was when it got real and then that's what's also really interesting too because that's the first time I've ever seen anything like that and it's at the end of the show where yeah. they can't go to commercial they're at the end of the show they got 10 minutes left and they're about to have their big championship match which is also going to lead into a kind of a, a one-on-one with MJF at the end yeah. they had to find a way to get that but also you're human and you're like this guy's hurt over here I don't hopefully he's not that bad what I mean Moxley you could tell was really in a tough place but that's the consummate professional that he is that he was able to get through that we as fans I mean I, I think I was listening to Busted Open after that they said they did a great job of actually being able to kind of fill that time right there they mm-hmm. talked about the next card for Friday as they were getting Hangman out of the ring yeah. uh, but that's something that happens but yeah John Moxley won via a referee stoppage there against Hangman Page so you don't want to see all the time but yeah it does happen because you know this stuff is it hurts yeah prayers to Hangman and his family all right. Well, I got a question for you on this part. Why do you always complain about working out? Because it hurts. But it hurts good for you because every single time after you're done, though you might be in pain, um, you always talk about how you're seeing the progressions. And let me ask you from we've had a chance, almost like pro wrestling. We talked about this last week is you kind of fall in love and out of love with it. So there's been times where you and I have worked out a lot together. There's been times that you've walked away from it. I've gone there the whole time. You've had times where it's kind of been tough for you to get in the gym there. Um, You're back with it now. And it seems like we've got a little bit of following with us. We got got the. Uh, is it the the SAS the Sackasits Appreciation Society of our workout Sackasits Appreciation Society yeah the pinnacle of sports training entertainment yeah well I mean so talk to me about your experience joining that and how does that help you with working out with friends um, being part of a group being accountable because yeah. Lord knows you uh, don't know how to count so being accountable is tough so kind of talk to me about how that feels for you <laughs> you know it feels great to get made fun of every day by you and all the other kids that work out with us uh, but I think you nailed it uh, really succinctly with the accountability piece. One thing that should be important to all of our listeners and ourselves as well is our continuous daily efforts and keeping ourselves healthy, keeping ourselves going and, and bettering ourselves. And I've really appreciated the challenge that it's been. I'm nowhere near the pinnacle of sports fitness entertainment that you are, uh, but I'm enjoying making new friends. I'm enjoying being in that environment. 
and challenging myself in a way that I should grow. And uh, it's been painful, uh, but it's also been gainful Mm -hmm. and no pain, no gain. No strain on the brain. Uh, but I think the importance is consistency. We talk about consistency as coaches, right? Consistency doesn't mean that you're at your best every single time, that you succeed at everything you do every single time. It just means attempting and endeavoring to do your best every single time. And even though you haven't maybe had those same successes, going back at it and really attacking it the next time again. So I got one more thing to ask you in that part of it, just to give a shout out to those people that are in there with us. Can you actually give a plug to who all works out with us? And then the one person who typically like what he does right now decides that he doesn't want to be in the same room with us. Yeah, we got a great group. It's it's yourself. Uh, it's me trying to keep up. Uh, Lauren Horton, Lolo. Shout out to Lolo. Hopefully volleyball did well tonight. Uh, we've got uh, one of our great uh, guests that's going to be on the show later at some point, uh, Pint Size Pat, Pint uh, Pat, who's a tremendous worker. And we got Flowy Hairs and Locks, B A B S, Blake Sauce, uh, and wonderful Amanda, uh, who's been a great addition, is actually probably the joy of the group. And then producer Jason's a curmudgeon in the corner. He over there acting Get like, out of my gym. Don't move my weights. Nah. If you can't. Pick them up. You can't throw them down. It was going to work out with you until you gave me an egg sandwich, and then I didn't want any part of it. I was having a good time until you kids showed up. Well, we want to uh, thank our sponsor tonight. Tonight's show has been brought to you by Barking Cow. From the makers of Indiana Tree Frog comes Barking Cow. No faster way for Grandpa to ruin your dinner and company than Barking Cow. Barking Cow, clearing family dinner tables since 1887. (laughs) (laughs) Located in elevators, dining rooms, and the Walmart freezer section. Join us next time when we discuss the complexity science and the study of how large-scale collections of components locally interacting at smaller scales can spontaneously organize and exhibit non-trivial global structures. This has been Episode 6 of Chasing the Hug, the podcast that everybody except your ex-girlfriend loves to listen to. I ask you, please, tell a friend, call a friend, text a friend. Let them know about this because we can be found on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple iTunes. I don't know where else you can find us, but check all places. If you type in Chasing the Hug in the Google search, hopefully you'll find us. If you don't, search again.